Taking Command is a story of how God, through a few questing and engrailed master masons operating in America, gave the world the gift of spiritual freedom. Scene 121, Boston, 1779. Two women are seated next to each other on a bench by a stream. They have their backs to us. One of the women has her head bowed as she reads Joseph Warren's letter written from the battlefield and begins to cry. The other one puts her arm around her with great empathy. The camera is behind them the entire time. Mercy Scalay. I wanted to know desperately, and now I wish I did not. She breaks down again. Elizabeth waits for the right moment. I'm so sorry, Mercy. Your Joseph was quite something. The General William told me if Warren had been the commander, well, who knows. He greatly respected him. Mercy does not speak, but she wants to hear. May I tell you something else, Mercy? Something mystical? Mercy nods while looking straight ahead and then looks intently at Elizabeth. William knew during battle on Breed Hill, in a moment of God, that another besides himself was also an open vessel and a raised-up friend for God's sacred cause of America. Mercy nods. Then after that, Elizabeth said, when William saw Joseph fighting heroically in the redoubt, he felt that this was the man in communion with him during his moment. Joseph, he said, made sure everyone retreated before he did. Then there was your Joseph fighting off three men at once with his sword. Joseph was the last one to turn down the hill. Mercy cries, and Elizabeth continues to hold her and barely gets through the next. Later, William heard from a captured soldier that Joseph had the smile and look of boundless heaven as his grieving friends and brethren held him and gathered round their hero. Joseph encouraged them to fight on for America, for sacred liberty, but mercy, his last word from the depths of his soul with a beatific smile was mercy. Now they are both in tears. Elizabeth puts her arm around mercy and waits. I am so sorry, mercy. William told me this and showed me your poetry, beautiful, mystical feeling. William wanted you to know that he and Joseph are eternal friends, bound together and united in indissoluble bonds, for they experience the essence of the other's soul in God. He greatly honors your heroic Joseph and will always remember their moment with God in oneness as his most cherished gift from our Lord. 
mercy, it taught him how to be in love with God from within. Mercy sighs and nods. Thank you for coming and telling me, Elizabeth. I know your William loves you in the most sacred way. Elizabeth nods, yes. Mercy controls her tears and says, I want to show you something, Elizabeth. She opens up a bag at her feet and takes a framed painting from it. Elizabeth looks at it and then at Mercy. I see him in your eyes, Mercy. Mercy mouths a silent thank you. She waits for calm to speak. It is better to know, Elizabeth. I love him so much. We are each other's soul. I will go to God and find him in prayer. Thank you, my friend. Elizabeth nods and then shakes her head with the weight of it as she holds mercy. Scene 122. Camera cut to a future event, 1781. British surrender at Yorktown, a very ceremonious event. Washington is there in his blue sash with his continental generals, French General Rochambeau and other French officers and staff officers await Cornwallis. Washington says, Lord Cornwallis is not coming. Rochambeau, General, he will be here. No, Washington says, he feels he has done his part. The Frenchman briefly thinks it over and then nods. Washington turns to his staff. General Lincoln, receive their surrendered colors. Yes, sir. Lincoln advances with his seconds and is met immediately by his British counterpart, Brigadier General O'Hara with his officers. O'Hara surrenders and gives Lincoln England's colors. And the camera cuts to Washington, who is of glorious zeal in this moment for the birth of America, Jerusalem delivered. He crosses his arms at X, marks a spot, and then says to God, for the glory of God. Scene 123, Portsmouth, England. 1779, early afternoon, we see a great estate at a distance, and as the camera draws near, we see a man in military uniform sitting alone behind his mansion. He is seated at a table with a bottle of claret on it, and before him is a vast sloping lawn that flows to infinity and the sea where we see a ship. The man smiles as he reads an open letter from a packet of letters that are tied with a pink ribbon with his printed E upon it. He looks up and takes in the distance a moment and then continues reading. We hear Elizabeth's voice. Oh, William, I have been reading the Song of Songs by candlelight as I attend to our little John in the middle of the night. William, how ancient is your craft. It is not by chance that I find your guild's secrets buried in King Solomon's words. Word. Every time I say it, I feel your touch, and now I am in love. Oh, how I miss you. General Howe smiles to himself and becomes and continues reading. 
The song says he will lie all night betwixt my breasts. William, your ex marks the spot. God is always there and utterly delightful. He will draw me into his garden, it says, his chamber, and I will remember his love more than wine. And then the song mentions that he will ravish my heart with one of his eyes. Is that not the eye in the triangle and the eye our word? Oh, William, I love how I may speak in this manner with you. These words are so sensuous. My beloved waits at the hole of the door of the garden with the well of the living waters. And when we do not feel our X marks a spot, isn't that a garden enclosed, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed? Then when he pleases, his north star, his field becomes a wind and blows south upon our center at X. And we rise to meet him degree by degree until we are so open and enamored of him that his nature is forever set as a seal that we feel upon our heart. William, love is stronger than death. No wonder you always come from war unscathed because you wear his mighty seal. For whoever has succeeded in loving God more than self knows well where to find the seal. It lies betwixt the two. Oh, William, how lucky we are to know God and his word. For everything changes, but God and his presence of love in us never does. Oh, Will. If only you were here right now. The camera cuts to a closed carriage rumbling along with ten officers following on horseback. Inside the carriage from a distance, we dimly see two women. One holds a baby in blue and one officer. Distant camera shot as the carriage hurries through the trees extending to the great house. At the mansion, servants come running out to open doors and assist. Cut back to the general, who senses something, puts down the letter, and takes a sip of his claret. And then we hear a soft voice. I was wondering if I might have a word with you. Hal's glass in his ever-steady hand wobbles briefly. He sets his glass down carefully, stands slowly, and turns to find his radiant Elizabeth, their eyes brim with tears. My love, oh, William. They move quickly into each other's arms, and he lifts her from the ground, and they kiss, and from below the cannons on her ship fire nineteen times in salute. They hug and kiss again. Then he looks at her inquiringly with an anticipatory smile, and she nods her head joyously. Yes, John, she says. John, how in tones. Elizabeth takes him by the hand and turns to lead him. How stops and says with a slow and measured intonement, In the beginning was the word. He stops, and the word was with God, 
he turns with her look of utter softening love and walks to him and says, and the word was God, as he pulls her to him and the world slips away. Scene 124, Patterson and Howe are sitting up late at Howe's estate, sipping brandy in a great room before a fire that is winding down. The camera draws in, and there is a small glass of sherry on the table to the side of Howe. Patterson says the next with a knowing smile. You kept us waiting, General. First things first, Patterson. Patterson toasts him with a smile. How slowly sips his brandy, savoring the memory. Silence as they watch the fire. Cornwallis told me before I left General that he will not surrender in person to Washington when the war ends. How chuckling. He will send in his second, Clinton, <laughs> shakes his head no as he laughs. Follows God's plan, our Lord Cornwallis does, Patterson, but there are limits. Hubris, hubris, Patterson, hubris, they chuckle. Patterson suddenly remembers something with a smile. He reaches into his pocket. I have something for you. Hal looks over and sees a small American flag, the one with a circle of stars. Patterson extends it, and Hal takes it into his hand and looks at it, thinking. Patterson says, When we left, there was talk of Washington, America's founding father. As Hal contemplates the flag, Elizabeth appears in the archway. His back is to her, but Hal knows. My thought was no, Patterson says. Of all involved, you were the one commander, and it saddened me immensely to think that not many would know or remember the part you played in God's design. General, you are America's Templar hero. How, contemplating the flag, seriously takes a sip of brandy. Good design an advancement of our notions, the eight-pointed stars around God's ever-centering element. Howe says the next very quietly, looking straight ahead into the flame, Warren, if anyone, it should be Joseph. Patterson doesn't quite hear Howe and mouths the word, pardon? Then he makes sense of it soon after and shakes his head with no. How speaks with a measured Templar voice. In the beginning was the word. Patterson looks at him inquisitively, and E realizes her general is on to her and softens. How turns and looks at Patterson intently. You are right, Patterson. America is God's romantic notion. We played our parts. But God is America's hero and her founding father. Silence reigns as Elizabeth nods in agreement from the archway and walks quietly forward. Yes, Patterson says. They contemplate the mystery as their eyes turn inward. Patterson says, for how long will they remember? These new Americans, how asked? Patterson nods. 
Hal smiles with the irony of it until they elect faithless politicians who void God's law and humble faith, the cornerstone of American freedom, by following the will of one guile-filled, power-seeking, secular man without ties to God, country, and fellowship. Then they will turn away and start to forget. Patterson, until we Knights Templar, Elizabeth is approaching from behind, how says the next, and motions with a raised index finger over his shoulder like a conductor to Elizabeth to wait and then speak, how are bound again and rooted at X. Patterson smiles with serendipity and says the next slowly, where we will circle evermore bound around the lost word that becomes the found Templar treasure. How nods with exactly and continues and are raised up to smite the head of guile-filled pride. How nods for Elizabeth who says his sons and daughters ever for the glory of God. How and Patterson turn toward Elizabeth and smile and how nods as they stand in true fellowship. How hands are the small glass of sherry. How says, God's timing as always, my Elizabeth. They share a moment and then how writes his heroic Templar self and says, Rest assured, Patterson, it is in secret that God sends out his elect. There is an elegance of predetermination at work here. A few heirs of circumstance can counteract any earthly power. God's intuitive network of open vessels will ever penetrate all systems devised by man. A toast, my brethren, for that day, May we stand ever ready to perform our part. For the glory of God, all say, for the glory of God. Their glasses sound forth together as they relish the moment in true fellowship. The men sit and how lifts E onto his lap as his arms encircle her and she nestles back into him. They gaze contentedly as the fire crackles and flames anew. The camera view is from behind them, and we see as they do through the fire as all before them softly lengthens and expands like a Caspar David Friedrich painting. They are of Christ in this moment as Hal was on Breed Hill and their view is from the inside out, not wedded to objects, but to God alone. As on Breed Hill, all fades to soft light and then back to the flames. Now all we see are the flames. These words appear over the flames. Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand. Our founding Freemasons believed that if men believed things strongly enough, they should be prepared to die for them. They were prepared to die to free America from the chains of the state 
and state followers superstition that men in power are capable of noble actions without perceiving the cornerstone of God within themselves first. Revolution began in the mines before the first shot, Patrick Henry says on February the 5th, 1775, St. John's Church. We shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. There is no retreat but in submission and slavery for is inevitable. Let it come. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Oh.